0: Honey, David George with Southern Lingo Definitions, and we are on part three of the rest of the story of George Barnes, Jr. We just got through with number two. In the last part of it, we talked about him changing his name to George R. Kelly. Now, that is a definite clue as to who this person is. Is going to end up being in at the end of these this series. I said there was going to be three. There may end up being four, maybe five. At the very last, you will find out exactly who this person is. And when you find out, it's really going to be a these are going to be a shocker. It's going to be funny. Alright, and we also talked about in the very last part of hey he was arrested for a vagrancy. Okay, but that's not the worst thing that happened. His greatest stroke of misfortune was on, Jan- uh, was on the 12th of January 1928 when he was caught up with in <clears throat> New Mexico By the Tulsa Sheriff's Office. They caught up with him, they handcuffed him. See, where he was at, prohibition laws aside, unbeknownst to George or Kelly at this time, um, purchasing or selling liquor. Now, I'm reading this out of this book purchasing or selling liquor on any reservations. And to Native American altogether were federal crimes and he was guilty of both. Wow. <laughs> um now because of this, he was carried to Kansas's Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary in February of that year, okay? And he was expected to serve Three years now while he was here in this one this is where he starts meeting some of the fellas that is going to be uh, part of his future and where he becomes the person he is uh, on the front of this book okay <clears throat> now while he's in Leavenworth he meets up with uh, a couple of guys, now now these are guys, let me tell you something, it's good to have people that you look up to, it's good to have people that you idolize, and, and it's good to have role models, but this guy came from an upper middle class family, he was, had good stock, I mean, he was, he was a good guy, his family was great. Like he said before, he's the only one who the bad scene. And he made these choices on his own. So, it's not always your upbringing that gets you in trouble. It's your choices that you make. Let me make that clear to a lot of these young kids out here that blame it on their mom and daddy. Kids, the choices you make, that... Decides your fate. Your mama and daddy can preach to you all day long what you need to do and what you don't need to do. But once you get out of there, out from under them, and you get out in school and places like that, the only way you can stay out of trouble is the choices that you make. The choices that you make, just like this guy here. He made bad choices. But now, once he got in here, he was considered a junior-grade junior criminal. All right? And this book calls these the all-star cast of criminals. Okay? They, they're talking about these people like they were high echelon in the criminal world. I guess you could say they were. I don't know. Um said he rubbed shoulders with Thomas Holden and Francis Keaton of the reprehensible Holden-Keaton gang. Um, They were each serving a 25 year 25 years of peace for the 1926, according to other sources, 28, Port Huron and Chicago Railway train heist in Illinois, Evergreen Park. They got $130,000 off this train, which today is roughly $1.85 million. That's going to be a lot of that in this story. Uh, We're going to be uh, telling what they got would be equivalent to today. $130,000 then is equivalent to $1.8 million today. All right? And that's all profit. But it's blood money. Okay? Um, He also consorted with two other uh, members of that gang. Uh, These are legendary training and bank robbers. Frank Nash. Frank Jelly Nash. Um, he was referred to as the most successful bank robber in U.S. history. He had over 200 hold-ups under his belt. But he's still a criminal. No matter how you look at it. He's dead and gone now, but he's still a criminal. Um, he also became uh, friends with a Texas-based bandit, Charles Herman. Uh, he botched a, a, a office robbery. Um, and all he got out of it was $174, which is about $2154 today. Um, and let me tell you this. This guy here, the Charles Herman, he was later snuffed out by Holden and Keaton. Um, he neutralized. He neutralized a the hostage. They didn't like it, so they killed him. They killed him. Being snuffed out means they killed him. Um, and next, there was Harvey Dean. Or excuse me, Harvey. Dean of American bank robbers, Bailey Harvey Harvey Bailey. Um, he was an exceptionally proficient bandit. He went on to take in close to two million dollars throughout his criminal career. Two million dollars back then. Okay, so one hundred thirty thousand was one point eight million. Two million back then. I'm going to say that's uh, probably over a billion dollars today. Um, these were people that he idolized. These were people that George idolized, George R. Kelly, at this time. Um, they were called the New Age Highwaymen, but he felt sort of a kinship with Keith. Uh, Keaton was a product of a middle-class family, just like him. They were Irish-American. Uh, he lost a parent at an early age, and because of tuberculosis. Now, back then, tuberculosis or TB was uncurable. Once you got TB, uh, at a certain point, they did what they could, but at a certain point, you were put in a sanatorium, and where that's where you once you got to the sanatorium. You, you're pretty much done. That's where you were gonna die. Um, and it was a death on your lungs. You started, uh, if you've ever seen the show Tombstone uh, with uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. Val Kilmer was Doc Holliday and he had TV. And every so long you'd see him coughing and, and put a handkerchief over his mouth and there'd be blood on him. That's what he did. It started, it ate your lungs up. Um, sorry for those kids out there. I didn't mean to, uh, hopefully I didn't cause any problems. Uh, Keaton served in the Navy. Um, uh, he ran through a lot of dead-end jobs, just like George. And he finally turned to crime. Uh, including a stint as a cab driver in Chicago. Wow. Similarities are... are... are, uh, creepy. But On the 28th of February, 1930, the co-founders of the gang broke loose and headed to Minneapolis. Now, Minneapolis is a place where these guys would—it uh, was a safe haven for them. Uh, they would go and uh, this is where they'd all be up. Okay. Um, now Joe Urschel, he was the executive executive director of the National Law Enforcement Museum. Okay. That's what he does, you know. At this point, uh, he asserted that Joe, George, and Harmon. It's, uh, they facilitated holding and keeping in their escape. Um, let me back up a minute. They facilitated a them in their escape. The former deal had been a sign post in the prison records department. Alright, now these guys got out. Um, uh, they doctored release papers of Holden and Keaton. The pair used these documents to board a bus filled with prisoners on work detail. Okay, um, Bowed. They filed off the bus alongside other inmates and quickly took flight, undetected. George's critical role in the Paris escape guaranteed him a coveted spot in the Holden keaton crew. Once he got out, that was it. He was in. All right. And these were people that he idolized, people he looked up to. When he helped them get what they wanted. That's where he went, okay? Now, they fled to Minneapolis, St. Paul. Oh, they fled to St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm sorry. Uh, now, like I told you before, this was a haven uh, for wanted criminals and dangerous escapees. Nash, okay, the guy I was telling you about a while ago, uh, he escaped from Leavenworth later that year, and they all reunited. Uh, they, uh... The George, uh, notwithstanding George and Harmon's alleged comp- complicity in the gangs leader, gang leaders' escape, they were released a few months later. Ironically, George uh, was let go for good behavior. Now this is going to end up one of be- being one of the most feared men in the country. Feared by law officers, feared by gang members, feared by everybody. This one man is going to be known as the most feared man in the country. Okay. Um, And they both hit it. I mean, he was out. He was free. But he made sure that he caught up with these guys and started his life of crime again. He was a free man. He didn't have to go back to crime, but he did anyway. That was all he knew, according to him. Uh, and they headed to St. Paul. All right, I'm going to do probably three more minutes, and then I'm going to get off here and do uh, get on to part four. Okay? Now, on the 15th of July, 1930, uh, this guy, George R. Kelly, was asked to tag along on a uh, big bank heist. <clears throat> and this bank heist was orchestrated by Keaton and Holden. They wanted to give him a first-hand look and to what it takes to be a bank robber. Kind of like uh, in-house training. Uh, so they took off and also Harvey and Bailey or also Harvey Bailey, Sammy Silverman, and Vernon Miller of the Kansas Machine Gunners. Machine Gunners. Another clue. um, Hiked to Wilmer, Minnesota. Now now, now this is a hundred miles west of St. Paul. You get my drift? They targeted the town's namesake bank. Now this is to give him training. Hiked a hundred miles. Okay? Now these well practiced thieves, they made off with seventy thousand dollars. Okay. Uh that's about nine hundred thousand today. Alright. Now Irregardless of their general, their their big loot and the smooth getaway, the leaders of the gang were just displeased with the whole thing. And the uh, chief of Minnesota's Bureau of Criminal Activity later said, and I quote, "I can't remember a holdup." in the history of the state since the raids of the Younger Brothers, Jesse James Gang, which compared to one of... to one... Let me read that again. I can't remember a holdup in the history of the state since the raids of the Younger Brothers and Jesse James gangs, which compared to the one at Wilmer, for daring and cold-blooded disregard of human life. Wow. The uh, the local press said about the same thing. Um, this, uh, of course, there was a journalist from the Saint Paul Prisoner Press that denounced the robbery as, and I quote, one of the most Daring bank holdup since the days of the Younger Brothers and Jesse James Gang. Alright, now I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to start back over with a fourth in this series of George R. Kelly now. Let's get her done.